a life of praise is not only the most enjoyable way to live, but it's also one of the most powerful ways to change your life. When we become praisers, it's a great way to live. You know, the Bible says that praise is comely to the believer. That's old-fashioned. That's old text. But it means it's beautiful. Praise makes an individual beautiful. It makes them stick out. It makes them to be something we can watch and that we, we can be proud of. Praisers stick out. Praisers stand out in the crowd. No matter what crowd you're in, when you're a praiser, you'll stick out and you'll stand out. So it's not only one of the most enjoyable lives you can possibly live, is to be a person that decides to give God glory, give God honor, give God all that you can give Him. But also, it is also a changing moment for you. It changes your life. Praise is not like the caboose that follows a railroad. Instead, it's more like the engine that pulls the train. It really keeps us motivated and moving forward. You know, and, and the world picks up on, on Christian beliefs a lot and, and uses it. Because if you listen to motivational speakers and how they talk, they'll always talk about positive attitudes and positive minds and keeping your heart and mind positive and forward thinking and all those things. They don't just do that because it's a mental state for them. They do that because it really works. When you begin to put God at the, at the forefront of your life and what you do in your life, and you make him the forerunner of what you do. Because he said it this way, follow me in all your ways. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, follow me. I'll direct your path. God will begin to, to take leadership of the direction you go and how you are provided for when you put God at the beginning. Somebody say amen. It's not just a mind-changing attitude. I get frustrated when I hear preachers just talking about change your mind. Your mind is what you change. You are the one that changes your mind. It is your spirit that you need to change. It's what's happening on the inside. It's what happens to the real you. You are a spirit. You are a spirit. You live in a body and you have a mind, will, and emotions. And this is important for you to understand that as you grow spiritually, that the rest of you can be controlled naturally by the spirit. And so it's not just coming up with a new mentality. How many of you this year, it's January, what is it now, 26? 26? How many of you made a New Year's resolution on January 1 that you were going to do? Well, that's good. Nobody in the church did. <laughs> Nobody. But most people do. Usually it's weight gain, weight change, you know, whatever it is. You just wanted, I'm going to do this. You make a, 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 but you can't follow through on it. Because it's something that's of the head only. It's not, act, it's not something that's embedded in you for change purposes. When you get it in your spirit, man, then you can modify your mind. Then you can change your mind. He said that, that what comes into our spirit comes into our mind, comes out of our mouth. And so I would say to you that we change those things. Praisers begin to say things about God that are positive. They begin to speak things over their church, over their church pastors and over the membership of the church and over the growth of the church and over the kingdom of God in very positive ways. They begin to modify their life. You know, you, you just, you begin that treasure of praise. You know, the more you praise your church in terms of how you enjoy going, what you benefit from it, and what you're learning, it becomes a catalyst for other people to join what you do. You know, if you go out in the world and tell everybody what a terrible service it was, and that pastor just makes me mad, and I just don't understand why he wears red socks. I don't wear red socks. 
But I will if you want me to. Amen. But no, I, I mean, if you do that, I wouldn't want to go to your church. Amen. Somebody know what I'm talking about. But if you begin to talk about what God's doing in your church. You know, Sunday, Pastor Steve was telling us about the miracle. The girl had water on her brain and Jesus touched that little girl and healed that little girl and sent that little, that family's going to have a baby forever because Jesus came and t- I'm going to change this people's lives. I'd want to go to that church. Praise is that way. Praise brings God at the top of the list. And your faith is incomplete without praise. You don't have real faith without real praise. Colossians 2.7 says this. Colossians 2.7. Say that you abound in faith with thanksgiving. It says that we abound in faith with thanksgiving. No thanksgiving equals not abounding in praise. When we don't, when we don't praise, we don't abound in faith. Faith is the expression of that. Praise affects you, it affects the devil, and it affects your desires from God. I'd write that down. I, if, if you've got a way to write that down, a watch to say that into or whatever it is, praise affects you, it affects the devil, and it affects your desires from God. That will, I mean, the devil's affected by your praise. You are affected by your praise. Somebody say amen. And what you want from God is affected by your praise. How I many you know God never changes? Look at somebody. I want to make sure. I, I think it's, in, it's very important if we're going to be doctrinally correct that we make sure we talk about God the right way. How many of you understand God never changes? He never changes. Whatever He was, He is. Whatever He is, He always will be. I want to say this again. Would you join with me? I'll say it. You say it too. Whatever he was, he is. Whatever he is, he ever will be. You're never going to change God. You're not going to do it. Because God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What you can change are the things that God affects. What you can change are the things that affect you. What you can change are the things you need to bring into your life. God doesn't change to bring those things to you. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It would be an incorrect statement for me to tell you that praise would change God. Praise does not change God. But it does bring God into action. Or what God said into action. It does provide God's ability in your life. You know, when it talks about that I'll never be separated from the love of God, not ever, I'll never ever be separated from the love of God, neither depth nor height, nor all those things that it talks about. That, that, that It's not talking about God moving from you. It's not talking about your His disposition from you. It's talking about things that affect that affect you. I'll never be moved. I'll never change my love for God. I'll never, not that God would change his, because he has always loved you. He will always love you. No matter what you do, he loves you. Now, the fact that he loves you does not mean that you will always have everything he loves, uh, that he wants to give you. Love doesn't mean he gives you everything. Love means he's already provided everything. Now, there's a big difference between thinking that God just gives it to you and that it's just, you know, his, his, that you do nothing for it. He said that even salvation itself is only received for by grace are you saved when you receive it by faith. So it's not about him. He's the same. And it's in, important for us to realize that praise is about 
us and our belief in God. It is about us and our reaction to God. It is about us and our stand with the presence of God. When God said he will do something. When God said he will provide something. When God said we have access to something. Praise is the door. Is a way. An opening. An opportunity. For you to reach through. And grab that thing. That you are believing for. That he has said is available to you. That's why when you're sick. And you're at the toilet. And you're throwing up in the toilet. As terrible as that may be. And as awful as that situation is. When you look up. Just praise God a little bit. Nobody shouted on that one, but it's true anyhow. I know you don't want to. I know it's not in you to do it at that moment. But I'm telling you right now, praise. He said, praise God in. He didn't say for. I'm not praising him for everything. But I praise him in everything. Because I don't thank God when I have a car accident. But I thank God when I'm alive after. I wish somebody shout out all right. Come on, somebody. How many know we're always trying to believe for the end, not the beginning? We're standing at, at this thing, looking at the end result, what God wants to do in our lives. You know, we were starting out in the church, just getting going. And when you get started and you're by yourself, so to speak, and you're just getting going, I had to believe God, he showed me some things to do, and I learned how to remodel homes. I started remodeling houses, and I earned a, a significant amount of money in remodeling homes. I'd never done it before. I took it on. I hired a contractor to teach me how to do construction. I don't want to go too deep into all this. But the Lord led me to do it. In doing it, I raised a significant enough amount of money to move to South Carolina and start the church. But I'd used up all my money. I mean, at that time, I think I put about $44,000 cash, my cash, into the church. Something like that. Getting signs up, opening doors, paying mortgage rents, whatever it was, I'd put that money in there. And my wife had gotten a job with the South Carolina school system working over at Timrod as a teacher. We lived in a 900 square foot apartment and we were just doing our best to get going. I just, I, you know, I believe God for the church. Long story short is we came up against moments where there was no hope. Anybody know, have you ever been up against a no hope moment? Come on, have you ever been there where you just didn't see how you were going to get through that thing? How many know there is hope? I wish somebody shout out, there is hope. There's a way out. God's got a way. You ought to be excited. Somebody in here might be struggling today. You might be challenged. I got news for you. There's a way out. There's a way for you to make it. There's a way for you to overcome. I don't care if he's got to open the Red Sea for you to walk across. There's a way out. There's a way to make it. You're going to be all right. Look at somebody and say, you're going to be all right. And so we come up against one of those moments. And we're standing there looking at one of those situations. Had no money, nothing. I don't know how we were going to take care of Monday and how we, I don't, you know, I think a church ought to pay its bills, pay them on time. I think we ought to live right, talk right, act right. We ought to keep our mouths straight. We ought to be holy. We ought to do things. So anyway, I just want to make sure this church didn't have any of those problems. And so we were broke, didn't have any money, had staff, whatever it was. And I went to God. I remember going in a room. I closed the doors. I was, my wife was in another part of the house. I shut myself into a room and I began to cry out to God and say, God, you said. How many know you can look at God and say, you said? How many know God said you can come to me and remind me of my word? 
I didn't tell him what was wrong. I didn't tell him the problems that were going on because he knows what I have need of before I ask him. I went to him and said, you said that I'll never suffer. You said you'd provide all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Right now, you may be staring at financial situations. You may be dealing with challenges at the bank. The lawyer might have said it's all falling apart, but I've got news. I'm going to keep saying it. God will step in. Look at somebody say, God will step in. God will step in. He'll step in and change that situation. He'll step in and turn that thing around. I wish somebody shouted. I'm preaching. My voice ain't quite where I want it to be next week. It'll be much better. But let me tell you something. You need to shout louder than I'm preaching. Somebody ought to get excited. You ought to talk about what God's about to do. It ought to start burning on the inside of you. You ought to realize you didn't get to where you are on your own. You didn't make it to here by yourself. Don't think it was just something you accomplished. God's been with you the whole way. He never left you. He'll never leave you. And he'll never forsake you. My goodness, I wish somebody in here would get a little praise on right now. Thank God he carried me out of that. Thank God he saw me through. Thank God he looked over my shoulder. Thank God when I was alone praying, God heard my prayer. When nobody else knew, when nobody else heard, when nobody else cared, when nobody else thought, God came in because he cares about me. He loves me. He watches over me. He'll never leave me. He'll never leave me void. I don't have to be worried. I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to be afraid. For if God be for me, what does it matter who's against me? I'm going to keep on preaching. Because if I can get it in you and get it on the inside of you, then you're going to be a winner. The word will never return void. It never comes back unanswered. It does not fail. It will not leave you boundless. It will not leave you homeless. The Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And I have never, I have never, I have never seen their seed begging for bread. You're not going under. You're going over. You're not going down. You're going up. You're not being turned the wrong direction. You're being turned the right direction. For if God be for me. Hallelujah. Praise affects you. It affects the devil. And it affects what comes from God. It touches everything in every part of your life. When you do it. Likewise, a lack of praise will leave you in a negative way. It turns the devil loose in your life. And it opens the door and holds the door against God. Don't give up and don't get out. Of a life of praise. Nearly everyone agrees that praise is good. But every few, very few feel any responsibility to praise God when they don't feel like it. That's what I was saying. There are times in your life when things are up against you. When they come and stand in your way. When they stand up against you. And sometimes you just got to lift up your voice and praise Him anyway. I went in that room and I began to praise God and began to magnify the Lord. And I stood and said, God, you're going to take care of this thing. And there was a moment in the middle of that prayer, a moment in the middle of that room, I knew I had reached a point of victory. Have you ever prayed until you knew you got there? If you haven't, there's a place. I don't know how to explain it, but then praise doesn't become about you praising. It's not about you pushing. It's not about your sacrifice. It's something that just starts turning out of you. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? Didn't nobody make you do it? Didn't nobody turn your, nobody's pulling your hair? Ain't no good music. There wasn't a sound. I didn't have an organ. I didn't have no drums. They wasn't no guitar or bass guitar. Just me, my voice, which wasn't that good, shouting to God. God, you're going to bring us out. God, you're going to turn around. God, you're going to make a way. See, some folks don't understand what I'm talking about. Some folks don't get it. They don't understand that God's voice and God's name is above every name. He said that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You sit there silent when you all have your mouth open. You sit there quiet. As bad as it may get, as terrible as the situation is, find you a place. Just get in your car, shut the door, and start thanking God. God, I know you're never going to let me die. God, I know I'm going to walk into my God. I know. I see people with down faces and discouraged looks. And I think if only you knew you could praise your way out of them. If only you knew that a praise would set you free. If only you knew that it would turn around your health condition. That it would turn around your addiction. That it would turn it around. Victory's in your mouth. And praise has to come out of your mouth. You got to fight and praise. No matter what. It's definitely the case that praise will make a difference. And God brought a great victory. It was that night. I got done praying. And a lady called me with a massive check. At that time, any check would have been massive. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When just anything would have worked? Have you ever been where $5 would have been a million dollars to you? Anybody but me? I've been there. If I could just get $5. But it wasn't $5. It was thousands of dollars. I went to Atlanta, Georgia. I had, a, I had a 57 youth on a bus. I'd rented a bus to go to Atlanta, Georgia. Did it by faith. Now, I wouldn't do this today because, you know, the church is different now. We're living in a different place. Some folks don't understand you got to start somewhere to get somewhere. Some folks just want to get somewhere. You can't just get somewhere. You got to start somewhere to get somewhere. There are a few things you got to go through to learn to get there. Somebody ought to say amen. You know, they say most millionaires end up living in, in, in cardboard boxes and things. They're not millionaires, but people that won the lottery. Because they never knew how to get it. They just got it by the breeze and didn't know it. They didn't, <coughs> they didn't earn it. And nobody showed them how to manage it. There are a few things we went through to get to where we are. I ain't going back. Somebody say, praise God. We got money in the bank. Family worship center doing well. All our bills are paid in advance. Somebody ought to say amen. Three churches are getting ready. We're starting to get ready to start the third one. I mean, things are about to happen. And there's, I mean, I mean, I'm not going back, but I know where I was. And we went, we took these kids to Atlanta. And I, I mean, at that point I had 167, something like about, I think it was $167 in the bank. And when I, when I get to Atlanta and I'm sitting in Atlanta in a rental car, I realize unless God does something by Monday, I've been a big fool. Have y'all ever done that? Am I the only one? Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all need to know preachers make mistakes too. But we had kids that were supposed to go to youth camp. They had paid to go to youth camp. All I had to know back then was, I got to get them to youth camp. But you don't take a youth group. I'm going to admit this to all y'all now. You don't take a youth group to youth camp with $167 in the bank. Hope it works out. <laughs> I hope nothing happens between now and then. 
But I got in the car, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, what do I do? And me and Amy sitting in that car, I began to worship God. I began to pray, God, you're going to turn this thing around. You're going to turn this thing around. Lord, if I've made a mistake, which in this case, looking back, woo, that was a big one. But I said, God, even though you're faithful, how many know God is faithful? He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. Stop looking at yourself like you've stopped God's blessings. They're just that you can open them back up by being faithful and saying, God, I come to you today and I tell you what I've done. I made a mistake, but I know you're faithful and just to forgive me. And so I ask you now, wash me clean and then walk in your blessing. Somebody ought to say amen right there. I see people, they beat themselves up because of failures in their life. Well, they're not God's failures. He never failed. He'll never fail. He's never been a failure. He's never going to be a failure. Then don't count on your failure. Count on his success. Count on him. Amen. He's the miracle worker. We started believing God and the phone rang. And it was the TV station right with, that's right across from us. We are right in front of a TV station. They sold the TV station. And so on the other end of this phone call is the manager for the new TV station and the manager of the old TV station. I've got $167. Somebody say, please, God. And so I'm sitting there and, and, and the, the lady says, we need to sign a lease. Where that wire comes across your parking lot. It comes across in three feet, maybe four feet of the parking lot and stretches about ten yards. Three feet and ten yards. I said to her, what do you think that's worth? Oh, nothing. I said, well, let me do this. I'll call you back and let you know what we've decided. I got off the phone. I thought, this is God. I mean, when God talks, you just go with it. I started calling TV stations all over the country. What is a lease? How much does that tower cost? Well, that tower's about $2 million. And the stuff on that tower, what they do with it is probably about $4 million. I'm thinking, okay, I got $4 million in my backyard and it's worth nothing. I called back. I said, I've got a number for you. I want 10000 The lady said, you're crazy. I said, okay. But that's what I want, $10,000. And then I said this. If you don't give me $10,000, I'm going to take me some weed whackers. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to chop your lines down. And you can find a new place for your pole. You're crazy. Call me back. Click. Within 10 minutes. She said, I've got a check made out for $10,000 and the lease will be there Monday. You sign that thing for that $10,000. I said, I'll sign it Monday. Now I've got $10,000. I'm pretty happy at this moment, but I've been praising. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? It ain't just that you, I mean, if you could get what I'm talking about. I don't let the devil beat me up. I even tell my kids, my daughter came in, she didn't get something at school the other day. She was trying out for something, she didn't get it. She come home, she had tears in her eyes. She was, she was just, you know, I mean, tears because she really wanted this thing. And, you know, there's a lot of kids trying out this thing. Stuff like that sometimes not really that objective. You know what I'm trying to say? So I just, you know, I knew when she came home. She's all, I said, okay, Emily, come here, I'm going to hug you. So I hugged her. I said, you're only allowed to cry for another 10 minutes. Why? I said, because we're not going to cry. We're going to praise. But I don't want to praise. I said, we're going to praise. 
I said, now I've got to go somewhere. I'll be back. She said, how about, how about one (laughs) o'clock? I said, okay, one o'clock. But when I come back, I don't want to see no tears. Now we can cry for a minute. When somebody tells you something you don't want to hear, you go to the doctor and he says, you got cancer. You're allowed to cry for a minute. But you better turn that cry into a praise as fast as you can. Because praise will terminate the problem. Praise will turn the thing around. Praise will generate something new. Turn your tears into some joy. You got a minute. You got a minute to weep, but you don't have long. Let it come on a little bit, but let your tears turn into some joy. If you're sad, let your tears turn into some happiness. For God is for... Somebody will say, Amen! I'm pretty happy about the $10,000. Then I got a call immediately after that. A lady got an insurance policy for $210,000 or $235,000 and had a check ready for the church for $23,000. I left with $167,000. i am not going to beat myself up. I'm not staying down. I'm not going to tear myself up because I made a mistake. I'm not a failure. God called me a success. God said, I'm going over. I'm not going under. I don't have to be down because I blew it. I don't have to be frustrated because I made a mistake. Some of you folks need to understand this. Stop beating yourselves up. Some of you that got children that went by the wayside. There's some of you thinking, what did I do wrong? Nothing. Cry for a minute. But get up and turn your cry, turn your tears to some joy. And say, I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen, but something's going to turn. Something's going to fix this thing. Something's going to rearrange the condition. Something is going to terminate the problem. On the worst day of my marriage was the best day of my praise. I didn't marry my wife to fail. You may be thinking about number two. Then make number two the best success you've ever had in your life. God doesn't hold anything against us. He doesn't, he doesn't qualify us by stuff like that. We live in a world with all kinds of things. We live with people who make all kinds of decisions. you got to get up. Look at somebody and say, you got to get up. Find a new method. Find a new avenue. And I'm giving you one. Get your praise on. Get your praise on. Start praising God. God, I don't know what to do. But as I continue to praise you, as I continue to glorify you, as I continue to worship you, something's going to come. Something's going to happen. Some friend is going to show up. Some phone call is going to occur. Some message is going to come on the line. Some words out of my mouth are going to transition this thing. Something's going to happen. I know this thing can turn around. I know we can go the right direction. I know there's a fix where there's a problem. Because God has solutions, not problems. God has answers, not... Some of y'all need to start praising him and believing him for what you don't have. Some of y'all got no car, you're riding a bike. If God's got to get you through three bikes, a motorcycle, a moped, it don't matter what it takes. Somewhere, God's got a car waiting on you. 
maybe you ought to start praising him for four wheels instead of two. If you ain't got a husband and you've been looking for one and you're bored sitting by yourself and you're tired of being alone and you need a man or you need a woman. You need to ask God, send you one in the church. God, I thank you. You ought to start wandering around, getting in your car, washing your dishes, working on your job, going, they a man coming to Family Worship Center. See, somebody should have shouted right there, should have stood up and said, yes, sir. That's me. That's me. He's coming. I got a man sitting right over here. He had a list so long, you couldn't even read it. He was believing God for everything and everything on top of everything. He wanted a wife, man. I'm going to tell the story. You, you're not pre- I'm preaching. And I got in there with my heart, got hooked up with him. I thought, you know, we got to find this man a woman. He cannot be alone. The Bible says it's not good for a man to be alone. I grabbed him and said, Roger, will you fast and pray with me for three days? That's pretty tough because most people. (laughs) He said, yes, sir. We fasted and prayed together for three days. I'm sure when he got done, I'm pretty used to fasting and praying. But for him, it looked like it was a lot of work. (laughs) <laughs> that's back then when you were just young so you're big the next thing I know I heard this little girl has started coming to church out of nowhere I don't even know how she got here I'm not even sure she wanted to be here the first time she came she wandered in this building by accident I'm sure and all of a sudden she got connected and hooked up the next thing I know I heard they went on a date Then he comes to and says, I think I'm getting married. And today they are happily married, doing well, serving God, going to be pastors. Because he praised God instead of doubted and stood in unbelief. And I just don't know. I just don't know when. I don't understand God. That's not going to work. It's just not going to work. It will not work. It will not work. But praise will. Praise will tear down walls, tear down buildings, tear open seas. It will transfer and transform your life. If I can get you to become praisers when you walk through the door. This was a great example today. There was much more praise. We did much, much better. This place ought to be lit with praise. And and, And listen, I should know when it was a bad week. If you had a bad week, you ought to be the one running. Take us! Then I'll hook up with you. I came back with thirty-three something, thirty-three something thousand dollars plus a hundred sixty-seven in the bank on Monday morning. Every bill was paid. How'd you get there, Pastor Steve? 
Because God never let me down and He never will let me down. He'll never leave me alone. He'll never leave my life without His insurance, His assistance, and His help. Today, it doesn't matter. You might have come in the room today. You might be depressed. Maybe the life is not going your way. Maybe, who knows? Everybody comes different. Everybody's different. It would be ridiculous to come here and preach like everybody's exactly the same, going through the same stuff. Young and old, male, female. We're all different. Whatever you came in with today, however you feel today, let me assure you, let me tell you something. God is for you. And if God be for you, nobody can be against you. And he said no weapon that's been formed against you shall ever prosper. You're victorious. I want you to shout that out. I'm victorious. victorious.